Welcome to the CEO Story, brought to you by KC Johan, founder of Together CFO, where every week we're interviewing the top CEOs in various industries, sharing their journey and extracting the top things that made them successful. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Today we've got a treat for you. We have the CEO and co-founder of Rhythm, uh, Craig Cook. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. How are you doing? Uh, very good. Thank you, Casey, for having me. No problem. It. Craig, you've got a fantastic career and it hasn't even begun to get close to finishing right now. Uh, can you take us through some kind of high points and low points along your journey so far? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, so uh, the quick uh, summary is I uh, run a digital marketing agency called Rhythm and uh, we've been in business for 24 years now. And it's been an interesting ride, uh, a lot of challenges, uh, been through the whole dot-com crash, been through 9-11, been through the Great Recession, and here we are today with everything that's going on, uh, fighting the good fight, getting through it, and uh, doing well, doing very well, actually. And uh, uh, but it, along those challenging points, there's been uh, many successes, though. It, it was slow managed growth. Um, the first half at least, but then right around 2012, we uh, hit a, a really good growth stride, got on the Inc. 5000 list five years in a row, um, along with some other accomplishments that are really cool that uh, maybe we'll get into in a bit. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's just uh, been growing the team. Uh, there's about 35 of us. We're located in Orange County in California, and we do work with a lot of great clients, uh, Acura being one, uh, do a lot of work for them. A lot of healthcare, real estate. And you have some great logos. One of the things that really stood out when looking at your website, which is rhythmagency.com, was some of the huge logos that you work with. So I think a lot of the people listening will be really interested to, to hear the story of how you first acquired your big major client like Johnson & Johnson or Marriott, GE, American Airlines, US Bank, you know, the list just keeps going on, but how you initially broke into to getting some of those bigger clients and, and what made it work so well, like, and then continue to kind of build momentum from there. Sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, from the very beginning, um, you know, I started the business when I was 25, so uh, fairly young. Uh, at the time, started it with uh, $1,300 in a computer, uh, along with a couple friends. We all put in $1,300 a piece. And uh, really didn't have any connections, and we started as a digital-first company, uh, marketing independent music online. And that was a challenge in and of itself, because working with musicians, they didn't have any money. <laughs> they, they would blow all their money on... Uh, <laughs> yeah, they still up. They would make all their money uh, or blow all their money making their CDs. And then there was, uh, there was this internet thing that was so new back in 1996 when we started it. And uh, so, you know, we were really starting at the bottom uh, and working with independent musicians. Uh, uh, it's it, making money off of them was like pulling teeth. It, it was very challenging. So you could say that was, uh, at the very bottom of the stairwell uh, and we had a, a lot of steps to climb up to work with the brands that we do today and it just took um, effort just getting out there getting to meet people and over time uh, we started uh, providing some CD replication and printing services for musicians and 
made this one particular contact that started allowing us to do, provide those services to uh, companies. And uh, in addition to that, there were some other people along the way that said, oh, you know this internet stuff, can you do a website for our company? Sure. And so we started to meet people through networking and, and they would introduce us to others. Um, and it was just kind of slow stair-stepping with small businesses to suddenly a little more larger business to a medium-sized business. And then uh, right around 2001, 2002, there was a couple people that we came across and hit it off with and made a really great relationship with, and they had a really deep Rolodex in the pharmaceutical industry, um, healthcare, but really specific in pharmaceutical. And it was two guys that uh, had this Rolodex and they, they really were sales guys, uh, but they were very smart too, not more than just sales guys. They, they were very intelligent. And they uh, positioned themselves as this big media company that could do all this stuff. Well, in reality, it was Rhythm. It was us that were doing 95% of the work. <laughs> and, but they had this deep Rolodex. And I would go around the country with them selling our solutions that we came up with uh, to these big, large pharma companies. And that was, that was really big for us because suddenly we started getting these big caliber names. Uh, in our portfolio and once we started getting those names and made those conversations with other companies in other industries uh, easier uh, companies that were really well, good size let's dig into that a little bit Craig so I think it's a really good point in terms of mm -hmm. partnering or collaborating with people that kind of make you more well-rounded in this case they were kind of taking all your talent and repackaging it and white labeling it as their own um, but generally, when we, when we take it one level deeper, um, effectively, they had a really good Rolodex, you had really good talent, and you came together to both become successful from it. So how did you find them, create the relationship, add the value, and really dig back all those years? I know it was a long time ago, but mm -hmm. if you're giving that advice to some people listening... Uh, what would you advise them to do to find people with talents that complement theirs in order to get a win-win? Yeah, it really has to do with uh, putting yourself out there and networking uh, with new people, but also people from your past. In, in this particular case, uh, those two gentlemen we met through a friend of ours uh, that we knew in college, actually. And he had... Uh, contacted us and say, uh, why don't you come to dinner with me? Uh, I have a friend that I think uh, would be a good relationship for you guys and it'd be good for him, good for you guys. Sure. And uh, it took off from there, just a simple dinner. And, and uh, uh, in that case, our friend reached out to us. Um, we could have, it's all about those connections that you make and you never know that it could be Next week, it could be next month, it could be a year from now, it could be three years down the road, five years down the road, that suddenly that connection provides you with an opportunity that could be a big game changer. Got it. So it's reaching out to network to see if they know anyone first and meeting them, being open. Like there's a lot of professional networks out there right now, like Provisors, BNI, Latip, the, the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. Have any of them... Uh, being helpful for you specifically? Yeah, I used to belong to uh, BNI a long time ago, 
But um, yeah, that, that was in the early days. And you know, it's a little bit, but nothing of, of real big value. Uh, got better luck and more uh, industry-related associations. Actually made a very good contact with an agency partner that we still do work with today, to this day, actually. Uh, met them about 10 years ago, and that was with uh, a local chapter of the American Advertising Federation. And I was at an event and um, just happened to be standing next to this guy and we started chatting and uh, headed off. And next thing he brings us in on a client opportunity that became uh, our biggest client for a number of years and we're still doing work with today. And he also introduced us to Acura, uh, which is arguably our biggest client uh, today. And, and we still do work with that agency and it's a great relationship, great partnership. But that was by putting myself out there, being in an event and striking up a conversation. So and you never really know where you're going to meet these people, but if you're in the right mm -hmm. environment and you're open and willing to kind of put a hand out and reach and connect with someone, you never know where it might lead, right? Absolutely. And, and, Anyone who's listening out there that may be kind of shy, take it from me. I was extremely shy, uh, especially in, in high school. And when I was in college, I uh, started to break out of that. But I was still, you know, pretty, pretty shy. Uh, once I got out into starting the, the business and I just realized that I got to get out there. I got to, uh, at, at these networking events, I had to really force myself to network. And you have to put yourself in play. You can't be a spectator in the stands. And so you said you were happen. really shy, Craig. What, mm -hmm. what were some of the actual tangible steps that you did or that, you, that helped you to kind of get out of your comfort zone and go do some of those things that you didn't really want to do inside, but you knew were essential? Yeah, I think a big part, um, college the college experience helped me break out of that shyness to a certain degree and it at least gave me the foundation of realizing okay yeah in order for me to uh, make friends make connections you know i have to put myself out there i have to initiate i have to be in in places and situations where i can be in, involved in conversations so in the in the business settings i just started looking for various events and, and uh, groups and so forth. And I just knew I had to put myself out there based on that prior experience um, and just as general conversations. And I, was, I think just looking back, I just, I, I was uncomfortable, but I, being that there was, wasn't a lot of money, it was a really struggle, I had to do it or, or I was starved. So. I think that's the key though. You know, a lot of the, the times people will be listening and they'll be like at a critical point and it's make or break. So it's like, I've got to do this. Or like you yeah. said, just starve. It's, yeah, it's just like hunting in the, you know, days of old. You know, you, you couldn't just expect the big game to come to you. You had to go out there and hunt. You had to go do it. It's a very good analogy. So, so let's fast forward a few years now and now, You've got rhythm, you've got some great clients, some big, big accounts and logos. How are you then building up your organization, your culture, your team, uh, and then acquiring more clients and going it on your own rather than through this partnership that you have? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, 
when getting things started, it, it's, it's different today than it was back in the early days, because again, very, very modest beginnings, no funding, very little money. Um, it was kind of make money and then invest back in. And, and uh, one thing I did in order to make extra money for myself, I went to teach at uh, some junior colleges too, in particular. And I had a plan that, okay, getting busier and we need some help. Uh, need to make uh, some, a little extra money on the side to um, sustain me. Uh, but I'm gonna look for the best students and train them exactly how I want things done through the teaching job and, and bring them on board. And, um, and that's like step one. And that's exactly what happened I, at two different colleges. I hired two students, the two best students that I was teaching, brought them on board. They were, um, students. So the, the labor was, was inexpensive. Um, yeah, so it's what I was able to afford and that enabled me to free up my time to then do other things that needed to be done. Um, and then from there, it was just kind of that same aspect of get to a certain level, too busy, to um, too many, wearing too many hats, not enough time in the day, too many things, you need to bring in a person to take care of X. And it was a matter of just continuing to do that and being, being willing to let go and bring on someone and put trust in someone else to do that particular job. It's super important. It's the only way to scale. It's the hardest part of, uh, of growing a business, I find, when, you know, the different cycles of a business that you've obviously been through. I find the clients that we deal with at an early stage um, are just kind of very, very deep into everything, wearing multiple hats. But then learning the art of delegation and really trusting and training staff uh, and having systems and processes around doing that is is a different set of skills in itself. And kind of when you get past a certain level of revenue, let's say a million to 2 million, mm -hmm. it's a completely different game to go from yes. two to five than yes. it is initially going from zero to two. Did you experience any of that? And, and how did that look for Rhythm? Uh, absolutely, you hit it uh, right on the head. That um, up to 1 million point, it was a certain game, but then you surpass that and then it's another whole level. Going from that, say, two, two and a half to five million, that's a whole other level. And then breaking past that five million mark, well, that's uh, that's a whole other game, you know. And, and uh, the number of employees, I would say, going from four to ten, you know, there, that was a certain type of game that was that uh, uh, had its own little mix of, of challenges and uh, just various things to contend with hitting 15 or so to 20. That was a whole different level getting past 20. Uh, wow. That's okay. This is getting pretty interesting. Um, the more people you think it's easier, but there's a lot more challenges too. There is, like, finance is a great yeah. one. You know, when we come in and we see businesses and pretty much at the lower end of the spectrum, they're uh, not too worried about cash flow because they know roughly what's going on. But then when you've got 20 people on payroll and the headcount's high and it's all about now making sure that the reserves in the bank and ARs coming in and you're controlling your burn rate if you're in tech or, you know, your AP if you're in a more of a regular business. And it's a different set of problems as you go up. And one of the good sayings that I read in a book, I can't remember which book, but it's 
the team that's got you where you are is not the team that's going to get you where you want to be. Yeah, it might be uh, Marshall Goldsmith, maybe. I think he wrote a book, something like that. Yeah. The yeah. Gist of it is that every milestone that you meet or when you start to plateau, you'll feel it. And then you know you have to reskill or upskill and increase the quality and the capability of the staff. And that's in various departments. So how do you kind of go about knowing which departments to beef up and when to do that? Yeah, that's a great question. It really, uh, for in our experience, it's been a function of the demand uh, that was being placed upon us uh, at any given time. So uh, we kind of built up our creative side before our tech side um, back in the early days. Once we had such a steady stream of, of tech aspects of the work that we were producing, where it made the economic sense to bring on full-time staff and rather than outsource those portions, then we start to uh, bring in that type of talent. Uh, when we had the uh, design talent and the tech talent and uh, some account team talent, there's all this work and, and we realized, you know what, we need to now centralize the whole traffic management of all this work. So we brought on a traffic manager because yeah, the nature of the demand of all the activity that was in place needed um, of 40 hours at least oversight. And, and so it necessitated that position. So it was a lot of that. It was identifying what do we need based on our workload at the time and um, also, if all right, now it's time to break things up to another level, what's the type of person that we need that can help take us up another level? And that was looking to the outside, to, to your point earlier. Yeah, you get so far with the people that you have, but sometimes you need to bring in someone from the outside that's going to bring in all this experience and industry know-how that is going to help take you up a, another another level. And we... We did that a whole number of times, and, and that's about building your team up, too. And, and, and It's a cycle, up. right? That never ends mm -hmm. in terms of, one, developing yeah. your own staff and improving your people, but then also increasing the overall size of the business. It's kind of it's strategy versus the day-to-day -day running of the business, right? It's a different mm -hmm. view of it all. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, as we look into wrapping up, what are kind of the next steps and the evolution and the, and the future of rhythm over the next five to 10 years? And where do you see kind of the digital marketing, VR, AR, IR, all of these new hmm. concepts that are coming into light? Do you have an opinion on what you think is really going to excel next? Sure, sure. So over the next five to 10 years, uh, you know, one thing we did at Rhythm after being in business for 20 years, we decided to... Uh, sell the company to be acquired and that is because we wanted to take things to a whole nother level and we had you know some great clients great success uh, but we didn't want to spend another 20 years uh with all the energy it takes to reach a whole new level uh we decided based on for that's one of one of the factors um and there's some other factors too but that was, that was the big one. And why not just find the right strategic acquirer that can take us to that next level in a, a much expedited manner. So that's what we did. 
So you've sold the company or a part of the company already? I sold 100% of the company actually. And we sold it, um, it funded on the 23rd year anniversary to the day of wow, our company being fantastic. in business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now we've been in it at a year and a half uh, with our uh, parent company, which is a great agency called Code and Theory. They're based out of New York City. Um, they're the only digital agency that's on uh, this year's ad age a list in the top 10 they were number eight and they're doing big stuff and they're a wonderful company they're owned by the staglow group which is a, uh, a newer holding company that's a collection of digital first companies which we were born digital first and uh, code and theory is digital first and that's a philosophy that, that we believe in so the next five to ten years is is um doing great work for great clients, you know, expanding our great portfolio, doing bigger, bigger budgets, bigger projects. Um, uh, it's a lot of digital transformation. Yeah. It, it's a funny that buzzword has been used so, so much over the past couple of years, two, three years or so. But I, I argue that we've been doing digital transformation since day one back in 1996. It's when always changing. It's fast moving, right? Whether it's, a recession hitting you or whether it's the introduction of a new platform you have to learn from MySpace to Facebook to Twitch, you know, it's to a penny, right? It seems that there's always something new to innovate and learn. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that it's never boring. That's, that's for sure. There's <laughs> always something to learn. So number one is how lucky were you? Number two, how skillful and determined and three is uh, experience which how important are those three things if you had to split it over a spectrum yeah i would say that um that determination is uh the biggest share that would be at least half of it right there for sure uh just having the sheer determination to persevere and to have uh faith and belief in yourself um uh, and higher power for those that you have that uh, that all helps uh really gets you through those dark nights which uh, i've had um, uh, the moments that you want to quit, uh, that's what gets you through. Uh, I would say the, the skill set, uh, that's probably good. Another 40% at least the last 10% of luck, which I like to think of luck as just being prepared for opportunity. Um, I believe that if you have sincere intentions and that you sincerely want to bring value to the world and to the people that you serve, have a service to others mindset rather than say pure service to self things are going to come your way and it's not really luck. It's just uh, whatever you want to call it uh, coming your way because that's what is supposed to happen. Got it. Well, I've written that down because I, I thought that was really important. Um, <laughs> Greg, you. thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time. How can people reach you if they wanted to uh, get in touch? Oh, great. Thank you. Okay, well, um, email is always uh, great. My email address is really easy. It's uh, craig.cook at rhythmagency.com. People might have a hard time spelling it. It's, uh, if people are seeing this on video, that's spelling right there, R-H-Y-T-H-M. Uh, so craig.cook at rhythmagency.com. And you can uh, find our website at www.rhythmagency.com. Uh, of course, our contact form and phone number is on there as well. But, uh, and then you can find me on LinkedIn uh, at Craig Cook, actually. So super easy. Twitter, Craig Cook, super easy. And we'll put the links down below here so that you guys watching on YouTube Perfect. can just press a link and 
and get right through to Craig. So Craig, thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time to share those nuggets. Yeah, thanks, Casey. I really appreciate it.